Joey and Missy are part of the furry fandom, a global community who love to release their wild side by dressing up in their own animal fursonas. My fursona's name is Riot. He's a very confident and somewhat flirtatious fox. I actually have two fursonas. One fursona's name is Pix, and she's a very bubbly and spunky Siberian husky. And I'm the most adorable husky you ever want to see. My second persona is Freya, and she's a Shiba Inu deer hybrid, and she's very sassy. Joey first embraced the furry lifestyle when he started college. I found the community to be welcoming when I was going off to college and on my own for the first time. I wasn't super into like sports or anything like that, so I was always more the computer kid. So I was a little on the, I guess, weird side, but it really helped me come out of my shell. For Missy, becoming a furry happened when she was in need of some comfort. I lost my grandfather and I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. I, I felt like I just had no outlet. A friend of mine said, come out to this meet with me, you know, meet a bunch of furries. I sat there and I thought maybe I could give this a try. Hiya! Info Ninja. Welcome back to the dojo, everybody. How you doing? I am doing fantastic now that I get to be deep inside you again. Deep inside your ears. You guys are sick. I can hear your thoughts when I say that. I mean I'm honored to be deep inside your ears. And I'm also deeply honored to be talking to the folks on Truth Social. Big shout out to all our friends out there. We are at Info Ninja on Truth Social. Definitely a big shout out to all our friends in podcast land. You're kind of the dinosaurs now, or maybe podcasts are making a comeback. I still love podcasts, but it seems like video podcasts have kind of taken over. And speaking of that, everybody on Rumble, holla. Shut up! Do me a favor, hit that like button right now. It really helps boost the algorithm, helps get the message out, and everybody else, hit that share button no matter what you're on. If you're podcasting right now, there's a share button somewhere. If you're on True Social, there's a share button definitely one on rumble share it share it with anybody that has a birthday in january think about it right now all your friends through your phone list who has a birthday in january send them an early birthday present if their name starts with j send them the podcast right now go through your phone find all the j's and send them this and i guarantee they're gonna like it if it's their birthday it's an early birthday present if their letter starts with j that's awesome this is for them Hey there, new Info Ninja listener. Thanks for being with us. You know, your friend that just sent you this podcast, they want to say happy birthday to you, or they want to say, hey, your name starts with the letter J, and that's awesome. Your friend also really, really cares about you. They care about your family. They care about all of your futures. They're awesome. And you're awesome, too, for tuning in, for clicking this link. You are truly awesome. You only got to know two rules about the dojo. That's all we have. Two dojo rules. Rule number one of the Info Ninja, you talk about the Info Ninja. Now, I'm not going to ask for your share right now. I know I got to earn that from you. That's something that I got to deserve, something I'm going to get over time when you stick with me. But eventually, eventually, I hope you'll share this show, too. And rule number two of the dojo, this is only the second rule and the last rule, you gotta send me your dick pics, okay? Are you familiar with furries? Furries. F-U-R-R-Y. That's a furry, but plural, it's I-E-S. But furries. 
Are you not? Have you been familiar with the furry? That's like in the biblical sense, which if you have been familiar with the furry, I would love to hear that story. We're going to get to some of that later, but leave that in the comments for sure. If you're brave enough, if you've been familiar with the furry, but are you familiar with the term and, and with the people that designate or identify themselves as furries? Do you know a furry in real life? I do not know a furry. Never met one, never heard of anybody that knew a furry. I'm sure it's bigger in big cities. The dojo is not in a big city. But we're fairly close to a big city, and I still have not run into an actual real-life furry. But if you're not familiar with what a furry is, you're not alone. Until several years back, I had no idea what a furry is, and really, you shouldn't know what a furry is. It's not common. It's, it's kind of weird. It's probably misunderstood, but basically, a furry is someone who identifies as, dresses up like. When they, when they dress up like, in a lot of their life, they are dressed up like this, but when they're not dressed up like it, they do not identify as an animal, but when they're dressed up like it, they identify and kind of act like cartoonish animals. Their outfits that they wear conceal their entire identity. They're like full body suits and they're often like cartoonish looking animals. They're not rubbery and lifelike. They're soft and fuzzy outfits and they have the big kind of anime eyes in them. And it's kind of like a lifestyle slash community slash fetish type thing. They like to say, the furries like to say that there's nothing sexual about it at all. It's just about community. And then when you really talk to them, they're like, oh yeah, it's sexual. We have sex. And they have sex. They act like animals when they're in these outfits sometimes, cartoonish animals, and they have sex in the same way like cartoonish animals when they have these on. I think some of the suits are accessible, like you can't tell, but the crotch areas can be zipped and removed. And anyway, Maybe it's less of a fetish and more of a lifestyle, but still that is part of it. But this is what a furry is. I know, a little bit weird, a little bit weird, but not as crazy as, in my opinion, not as crazy as someone who is a man pretending they're a woman and wanting to be in women's boxing. You know that's a thing right now. Like, literally, professional boxing is going to allow dudes to box chicks now. That That's psychotic. That is insane. Somebody's going to get hurt. Maybe we'll do an episode on that later. Hopefully not about someone getting hurt. But alas, this episode is about furries and their impact on schools. But before we get to that, I, I most of the furries you're going to see when you go online are adult furries. We're going to talk about kid furries here. But adult furries, hey, if you're an adult, right, do whatever you want. If you want to cut your penis off, if that's your game, sorry for you, but I'll pray for you, but whatever, you're an adult, as long as you don't make me assimilate somehow and change my life or pay for your lifestyle, it's America, baby. You can do whatever you want. That's real freedom. Now, you're not going to be free of scrutiny. You're not going to be free of people staring at you, and a lot of these furries, that's what they want. They want people to stare at them. This is basically a fetish for ugly people in a sense because they don't, a lot of these people, when you see the documentaries and you watch the YouTube videos, they're not super attractive outside of the furry suits. So this kind of like covers everything for them. And I assume they just date each other. I thought about this. These, these lifestyles that occur, I often think about some of the intricacies of those lifestyles. Like, how do they date? How does this work? And this is one of them where I think there's probably dating apps just for furries. I don't think that a furry is trying to meet up 
with a non-furry. I mean, how do you how do you do that? If your dating profile is just your furry suit, nobody's maybe somebody will, but most people aren't going to swipe on you because they don't know what's underneath. How do you do it if you want to date somebody who's not a furry and you're a furry? Do you just show up on the first date dressed like a furry? Like just like a band-aid, pull it right off. Or is it something like after you've kind of gotten to know somebody, you have like a teen wolf moment where all of a sudden dad reveals he's a werewolf, you reveal that you're a furry? Like, come over to my house for dinner tonight and you answer the door in like your leopard outfit. I assume it's a lot like introducing like a weird kink or sexual fetish that you have to a new partner. Can, can you imagine what that's like if you know that how you get the most sexual gratification is by something that is not very typical and you have to try to find someone to introduce that to. Like you really like some girl or some guy and you've been, you know, you asked him out and you've been dating for a while and you think that sex is going to happen or maybe you're already in a relationship and you think that you want to progress. Now's the time to tell them about this. How do you introduce the idea of having someone pee on you? For real. Like, I, I think that's probably easier than introducing the idea of wanting to pee on them. One scenario is, hey, you're peeing on me. At least I'm not the person getting pissed on in that situation. But if someone's like, hey, they want to pee on me, that I that I might have an issue with that. I might have an issue either way. I haven't been addressed in that way. But how does that come out? I bet you they just let it slip out by accident one time. They're having sex. A little thing comes out and they go, oh, sorry, sorry. Did you like that? Yeah. So now on to kid furries. These are kids who I don't know if they're doing it for sexual reasons as well. Maybe the teenagers are, but I think they're doing it more than anything for attention. Yes, it does cover your entire body. I think that's the psychological component behind this. A lot of people are doing this as a coping mechanism. And hey, this is better than pharmaceutical drugs. This is better than hard street drugs. If you're going to dress up in a furry outfit and that's going to keep you from going crazy, keep you from killing yourself, go right right ahead. Seriously, if, if that's what you're going to do, that's fine. It's not permanent. You're not cutting any body parts off. And for kids, okay. If you're a parent who's going to settle on that, I think you should go a little deeper and maybe try therapy. But if you're going to settle on that for your kids, that's fine. But you can't expect them to wear it to school. It's distracting. All these stories about the litter boxes where apparently the mom called the school and said, hey, my kid's a furry, needs a litter box to go to the bathroom. I want you to put it in the school. Apparently, that never actually happened. It might have been considered by some schools, but apparently it never actually happened. But still, someone, if you look it up online, these outfits are very outlandish. Someone dressed like this in a classroom is going to distract the entire classroom. This is being done for attention purposes, most likely, and it's become an issue in schools, and Oklahoma has decided to do something about it. They have decided to introduce, this is House Bill 3084, the ban on furries in public schools. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. I don't want to violate anybody's right to expression or constitutional rights. Those are important, but you're in school right now and you're dressed like a tiger. We're trying to do science. We're trying to use burners and you're wearing a fuzzy suit. The teacher can't even tell if you're awake, if you have one of those things on your heads. I mean, these are like big, imagine like a mascot. They're dressed like mascots that are animals. That's the best way to describe what a furry looks like. Just look it up online.
But this bill, the best part of it is, yes, the, the bill's great, but the best part is the language. The, the language at the very end of this bill is absolutely spectacular, and I think they did it to make a point, and I think it's great. So I'm going to read uh, the very short bill here for you, and the final end sentence, the last sentence of this is fantastic. So it reads, students who purport to be an imaginary animal or animal species who engage in anthropomorphic behavior commonly referred to as furries at school shall not be allowed to participate in school curriculum or activities. The parent or guardian of a student in violation of this section shall pick up the student from the school or, and here's the best part, or animal control services shall be contacted to remove the student. Yes, I love it. I love it. They're doing this to make a point in Oklahoma about how absurd this is. And you're basically giving them what they want. They want to be treated like furry animals. So if they come into a place where they're not welcome, if you get a furry creature somewhere where it's not welcome, you call animal control to remove it. So that's going to be the law in Oklahoma. I don't know if they're actually going to pass it, but I think it is absolutely hysterical. And it's defensible. It really is. Think about it. In California, if you're a dude who says, I'm a chick now, they will send you from a male prison to a all-female prison. If, if you say that, you're giving them what they're asking for. The furries are asking to be treated like animals, so we're calling animal control. If you have a stray dog, you call the dog catcher. If you have a furry, you call animal control. If you have a Joe Biden, you call the guys in the white suits that bring the walkers and the colostomy bags. Height gal in Bo Ninja. If you got an animal coming to school, how about we get them vaccinated? How about we get them neutered? And how about we send them to the pound? I don't want to see some kid going to the bathroom in a, uh, you know, in a litter box, in a kitty litter. Those people up there have lost their mind letting these people pretend to be animals in the classroom. If they're going to be animals, let's send them pound. Let's send them home. We're not. How do you teach a cat math? 